Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. We've got a lot of really good compliance stories today, and our first one's from Ancient Educator 76. Having a second job won't cut it with me, you better fix that pronto. You got it, dude. This pains me to write. I keep going back and forth as to which of my sentences I should start with. The former, or this next one. Tears are rolling down this old teacher's face. A rarity. I've had a fairly rough teaching career. In my 16 years of contracted service, I've spent 5 of those in the school I've been at this year. This is a record possible in part due to my eventual kick-buttness at teaching algebra. Part from learning when to shut up, always. Part learning that the students and my care are all that matters, but mostly due to my great rapport, relationship with my principal. He gets my quirkiness, knows I'm a great teacher, so he doesn't need to tell me what he has to others, for the most part. And he's as hands-off as an amazing principal can be. I finally hit my groove in education when my principal, we'll call him Dr. J, just got his doctorate and is now moving onward and upward. Crap. I'm not sure if this is just a school thing, but he's doing his farewell tour while introducing us all to the new principal. We'll call him Not The Mama. Anyone from the 90s who's also suffered from the new boss blues knows my pain and gets this reference. During the tour, Dr. J tells Not The Mama about me, how I'm the hardest, smartest worker and teacher, how I have a great relationship with my students, how they stop by the school to see me years after. He also mentions in the live recommendation that I have a second job working fast food. Not the mama instantly winces at this, right about the same time as everyone's favorite teacher, sarcasm, Miss Why Aren't You Paying Attention to My Ironic T-Shirt, pops out of a sky filled with irregular sized suspenders and stories about someone's relatives that amazingly have no relevance to any person, living or dead. I'm pretty sure she said something to distract Dr. J long enough to give not the mama the opportunity to turn back to me like a dad threatening his children into being have while he tries to convince his first date since his wife left him that he's a great dad. He manages to quickly mutter under his breath what confirmed every fear I had about the new boss. Having a second job won't cut it with me so you better fix that pronto. Reverse Jerry Maguire, you lost me at pronto. You had me at heck no. I despise this person so much in such a short time that it wasn't even an afterthought that, despite my second job being minimum wage, and despite my current job just issuing me a longevity bonus, literally yesterday, I would press the biggest, most important malicious compliance button of my life and see how the freak it goes. Pronto means soon, so that afternoon I put in my notice that I won't be coming back. Hey. He wants me to have only one job, right? Voila! That's French for check this crap out. Your man OP started going back on school spring. Two interviews set up for tomorrow via Zoom. Oh, and I'm pretty sure there'll be a juicy update because I just received four missed calls from Dr. J and I'm going to check my email as requested by Dr. J. I can't believe I'm leaving. Pretty sure he can't either. I read Dr. J's email, it was shorter than the texts, but both basically said he needs to meet with me to find out why I'm suddenly out. I can tell based on his wording that he suspects it's the new boss, but he's never been accused of explicitly saying anything via email. 
I didn't give any reason for making the decision, and he begged me not to send anything officially to district until we talk. As we're texting back and forth right now, yes, at midnight, he asked how I felt about Desert Valley, the director he's going to be director of pancakes or whatever at. I'm looking into it right now, but I'll sleep on it. Next update in 12-ish hours. Okay, nothing ironclad, but three schools need an academic advisor for math in Desert Valley. He says I'm a shoo-in. Payscale looks promisingly better too. Update confirmed. Interviewing with two of the three schools for a job that pays me what I'm worth. Fingers crossed. Regardless of whether I land the interview, I'm going later this month to Dr. J's new district. I'll be leaving this place, and I've had three teachers come and ask me what's up. I told them outright that I don't have a good feeling about this new principal. Words getting around. I just replied to an email from my closest colleague about this post and what the dude said verbatim. She says that about six more teachers will walk too because they all have second jobs. The new principal, guaranteed, will probably lose the job before he gets it. I've seen this type of behavior before, and when the gossip train leaves the station, it always comes back with less passengers. And in this case, no conductor. There's only two options. Option one, this guy meets with district about the influx of feedback, as negative as it was instantaneous, and decides to walk. Option two, same beginning, but decides to stay and fight the good fight. The uphill battle just got a steeper incline for him. He's such a drastic change from Dr. J that it's a wonder he got the job in the first place. I'm curious how his interview went. Either way, I do feel for the kids because that's who will suffer the most in all of this. Unhappy teachers are education killers. But I can't think of all this right now. I have to get my mind right, positive, and forward thinking. If you were a higher up who promoted somebody or hired somebody to a new management position and all of a sudden you saw an influx of workers, some that had been there for a while, start straight up leaving, would that make you immediately second guess your decision? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Hunting Ivy 17 If it isn't posted, it isn't a rule. I'm a teacher. Early in my career, I worked for a principal we'll call Bob. One day, a student got a little bored in science class. Being a teenage boy, he decided that third period was the appropriate time to whip out his phone and browse the hub. He quickly got caught showing an unapproved documentary to some of his classmates. The science teacher sent the student to Bob and expected he would face consequences. Unfortunately, Bob felt that the teacher was to blame. The teacher had never explicitly stated that students weren't allowed to watch adult entertainment during class. It wasn't even posted on the wall. For those of you not in education, if you write something on a poster and put it on a wall, teenagers will pay attention to it. Bob informed the science teacher that they were lucky they were only getting a verbal warning. This time. We were all told to update our posted rules and explicitly tell students what they could and could not do in our classrooms. Cue the malicious compliance. I got a stack of index cards and started listing all the rules I could think of. These ranged from the mundane, don't pick your nose, to the serious, don't fornicate, to the absurd, starting cults is strictly forbidden. Each one had a little drawing with it too. I wanted to be accessible for all students. This continued for two weeks with students adding their own. I taped them to one wall until I'd gone through a good two or three packs of index cards. Eventually, Bob came into my room, pointed at the wall, and said I was making him look bad. I said that he had put the staff in a position of needing to anticipate any potential bad behavior before it happened. 
or risk a write-up. As a new teacher at the start of her career, I was obviously risk-adverse and was just trying to cover all my bases. We got another email the following week that due to fire code we would no longer post paper rules. The phrase administrator discretion in our handbook would have to suffice as warning. But we were still expected to verbally warn students of our expectations. That rule that they made at the end is definitely some real BS. Don't put paper on walls. What, in a school? I'm sorry, but just about every wall in a school has paper tacked to it. And because they said that you had to verbally warn the students of your expectations, I fully expect that OP would take the stack of those index cards. The very next period go, Alright guys, I'm no longer allowed to post these on the walls, I have to verbally warn you. So, for the next class period, we're just going to be going through the list here of all 90 rules that you have to strictly follow in my class. Number one, don't pick your nose. Number two, don't fornicate. Number three, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. They're chocked full of good stories like our next run from Defrost, The Challenges of Working Retail. Back in college, I worked for a retail store that was a national brand but the particular location I worked at was very small. Often there would be just two employees working. For those of you that haven't worked retail before, there's different tasks that you do as part of the job, depending on what you're scheduled for. For example, you can work on the sales floor helping customers, you can be scheduled at the register, in the fitting rooms, or you can be in the stock room, which was usually done early morning or late at night, and it requires a bit of manual work. Opening boxes, breaking them down, taking out trash, organizing the clothes that are in the back room, etc. Which I never minded doing, but you can get pretty dirty doing it. One day I came into work midday, and it was just me and a supervisor, Sheila. Sheila, if you're reading this, you suck. And Sheila was at the register ringing up customers as the other employee was leaving. I go to the back room, put away my stuff, and clock in. I notice a ton of boxes in the back from inventory shipment that didn't get processed in the morning. Oh well, I'll be on the sales floor. I come out to the sales floor to check in with Sheila for sales goals, etc. So after she gives me all that info, she tells me that I need to be in the back to process shipment because they didn't get it done in the morning. I tell her that I'm not scheduled for it and I'm also not dressed for it. I'm wearing a button-down shirt, dress pants, and dress shoes. And she tells me that neither she, she's wearing a dress. And that's where she assigned me, and that's what I needed to work on. I buy a cheap t-shirt that was on sale for maybe $3 or so and head to the back. Then, malicious compliance kicks in. I look for the employee handbook and read through the part of what supervisors can and can't do. And there's a section in there that says something along the lines of, The active manager cannot be at the register. And because it's only Sheila and myself in the store and I'm in the back, she would have to be at the register. So I call the phone at the registers and she answers, and I tell her I was reading through the employee handbook and found this section, and I read the entire paragraph saying that active managers can't be at the register. She doesn't say anything and simply hangs up. I walk back to the front of the store, return the cheap t-shirt I bought, and get behind the register without saying anything and Sheila storms off to the back to process shipment in her pretty dress. Suck it, Sheila. I just love the commitment to go right to the back and break out the employee handbook and just start pouring through it. I'm just imagining like standing there with like a magnifying glass looking up and down it like, I've gotta find it, I've gotta find a loophole. And our final story of the day is by OG the Terrible. 
well, I'm your mother and you need to call me every holiday. Not the most malicious compliance, but I'm satisfied anyway. On April 19th, my mom asked me to drive her to work. So after work, I stopped by a little early and we talked for a bit until... Why didn't you call me on Easter? What did you do? For context, my mom is a very Roman Catholic and takes the holidays of her religion very seriously. And she also knows I've not been religious since I was in middle school. I don't really see the point of celebrating something I don't believe in. So these holidays just aren't on my radar, even during those days. I say, you told me that you and dad were working that day and not to do anything. Besides, you know I don't celebrate it. She says, well, what about when you and your fiancé went out with her family? I say, they invited us to a lunch on Easter two weeks ago, and we don't get to see everyone together all that often. It didn't make a difference to us that it was Easter, we would have went anyway. She says, I'm your mother, and I should always be your priority. Were you thinking of me when you were out to lunch? I say, of course you're my priority, but seeing as you weren't there, no, I wasn't specifically thinking about you. But everyone asked how you and dad were, what you two were up to, you know. I don't think of my fiancé's family all the time when I'm with you and dad. I pay attention to the people I'm with at the moment. Would you like it if I was thinking of someone else constantly when I'm with you? She says, well, okay, fine. But you know how much the holidays mean to me? You could have at least called. I say, mom, I was here on Friday. Good Friday. You know I don't celebrate like you do. These holidays just aren't as important to me. I was with my fiancé's family. Besides, you told me you were busy all day and didn't want me to do anything, so I didn't. She says you need to call me more. I say I call or stop by every weekend. You can just as easily call me. Your schedule changes so much that it's hard to get a hold of you. She says I call you every week. Me pulling out my phone said, you last called me over a month ago. I've called or visited you every week. Mom getting a bit flustered said, well, I'm your mother and you need to call me every holiday. I say, every holiday? She says, every holiday. You got it, mom. So the next day, 4.20, I called and left a voicemail. Hey, mom, I remember what you said yesterday, so I'm calling to wish you a very happy National Cheddar Fries Day, National Pumpkin Upside Down Cake Day, National Lookalike Day, Chinese Language Day, National Banana Day, Lima Bean Respect Day, and it's 4.20. So let me know when you're done celebrating and give me a call back. Love you, bye. I have the next week planned out with all the nationally recognized holidays. There's hundreds each month that I'd wish her happy, merry, whatever. Later that night, I see a missed call from mom, so I call her back. She says, so, I wasn't expecting that, but it was funny. I say, you told me to call you every holiday. She says, you're a real smart bud, you know that? Lord knows where you get it from. I say, well, I got it from you and dad. You two can fight for the credit. She says, just call me on the holidays we celebrated when you were younger. No problem, mom. She gets her phone calls, and I got my malicious compliance. To be fair, OP's right, there's like a million holidays. Every single day has some kind of national day. I remember looking around for like a list of holidays that were coming up in like April or something. And you'll get these lists that say like the 14th is National Sidewalk Day or just whatever, like ridiculous stuff. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.